The church is a family. You know that, right? Just look around right now. Look, you may not care so much who you're sitting with today, but really the church is it's a family. And we know that with family, whether that is in the home in which you live or whether within the church that you attend, it takes work and it takes commitment in order to keep family together, doesn't it? I mean, it's work to keep a family together. It takes a tremendous commitment to one another for, for family here on earth to work, for, for family within the church to work. It takes, that's why so many times it doesn't work, because so many people aren't willing to put in the work that it requires. There are so many people that aren't willing to follow through with the commitment that it takes to maintain healthy relationships. And because they're not willing to, to put in the work or, 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 or the commitment in order to maintain those relationships, there's this mentality that has kind of made its way into our culture. There's this thought pattern that has kind of seeped into our society. And it says this, if it doesn't work out, bail out. If it doesn't work out, bail out. And we're seeing that happen in so many of our family relationships in the homes, aren't we? That, 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 that moms or dads are, are, are not willing to stay and, and, and work it out and be committed to one another so they bail out. We, we see the same thing even with some of our children that, that, that they don't like it. And so they're, they're going to just bail out and take the easy. We see it as people bounce around from, from job to job that when, when the first rub comes or difficulty comes, they're not going to stay. So they're just going to find another job. We see it. We bounce around from school to school. We, we bounce around from church to church when it doesn't work out just just bail out we want to change that mentality here at 1910 is that okay especially in this thing called the church we we, we want to develop a spiritual toughness we, we, we want to we, we want people in this in, in this fellowship that are gonna hang tough They're not just going to bail out when things don't go their way. When the decibel level is a little too high. That's why we have earplugs at guest services. I'm just telling you, we do. We do. And take advantage of them. They're yours. If the sermon goes too long or if he says things, you know I say things sometimes that get me in trouble. Last Sunday I I had one of those moments. I was trying to be fluent in my Spanish, and I was talking about, I meant to say dos años, and I said dos equis, and, and it didn't go over so well. Now, you laugh, but if we were to take a tour of some of your refrigerators right now, <laughs> preacher knows some stuff, doesn't he? We bail out oftentimes. If things don't go all right, we, we, we want to change that mentality, especially here in, 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 in the house. We, we want to develop a, a spiritual toughness in the church. We want to develop something, a toughness that, listen, it's just not going to cave in when the going gets tough. We want people that are going to hang tough with us. Are you tough enough? We want people that aren't going to want to take the 
easy way out. Listen, it's going to take effort. It's going to take work. It's going to take determination and commitment. Are you tough enough? Are you tough enough? You know, from the very, very beginning of this house, we have desired to create an environment where where people can be known, where people can be cared for and accepted. That's been a part of the DNA of this church from the very, very beginning. In fact, even today, we still desire to create an environment where all people can can flourish in the context of, of healthy relationships. We, we want people to develop healthy relationships, first of all, with God. We want you to see that God is a good, good father and that he loves you. And if, if you're here today and you just don't know much about God, that's okay. I just want you to know that he loves you. He's for you. He's not out to destroy you. No, he's out to love you. He loves you. We want you to have a healthy relationship not only with God, but we want to see people develop healthy relationships with others. And so for the next five weeks, say five, for the next five weeks, here's what we're going to do. We're going to be looking at what we call our pledge of connection. Now, if you've been to our membership um, through our membership process called The Edge, you, you've heard this. And if you've been and visited with us over in, in the garage, and by the way, if you're a first-time guest today, I would love to meet you after, after this experience today and shake your hand and let you meet who I believe is the mother of the year, my wife, Angie Brown. And she's not even in here. Oh, there, where is she? Where is she? Yeah. Well, she's awesome. I don't care if she's here or not. It's still her day. It's her weekend. Men, you found it. It's like their month, isn't it? It's, they get the whole month. We men get 37 minutes in June, but they get a whole month when it comes to Mother's Month. For the next five weeks, you've seen it. We're going to be talking about these five challenges, and their challenges. Listen, this series is not for the faint of heart. If you're weak and kind of just, just flimsy, don't you be. We want tough people. Listen, the calling on this house requires toughness. It is an awesome calling that God has for us. And, and I, we don't want patsies. I don't know what that means, but I've heard somebody say that before. We want people that are tough. People that are going to be willing to work and follow through with what God's calling us to be a part of. Now, I'm, we're not going to be jerks. You're going to see that, all right? But listen, we're going to look at this thing called the Pledge of Connection. Here's what we believe. We believe that... that, that, that If we live these five challenges out, it's going to speak volumes to those outside this house. It will speak loudly to the world as we create this environment that is an incredible place for people to belong to. In fact, you know what turns people outside the church off so many times is the way that we inside the church treat one another. And so they're like, man, I I, I don't need any of that. I don't want any apart. Listen, this ought to be the most loving, caring environment in all of the hill country. Do you believe that? We, we ought to have the most fun. Our music ought to sound the best because of who we're playing for. It ought to be the loudest. We're going to have, we need some pyrotechnics in this house. We need some of those flamethrowers. You know, that's what, no, we don't. But the spirit of the Lord is here, isn't it? He's here. This ought to be one of the most incredible. People ought to be just fighting to get here and in this house. 
It, it, it ought to be. I cannot wait to be a part of that body. The church, not just this house, but every church, every place of worship. We're not big enough. We can't handle everybody. That's why we got people all across our city and around this area that are also, this is my prayer for all churches. So today I want to issue the first challenge to you. The first challenge I have for you, the first of five is this. I accept the challenge to live in truth with you. I accept the challenge to live in truth with you. Listen, would you agree with me that we live in a world that divides on crazy things, right? So many crazy things. Things that aren't even really that important. Things that really aren't even theological issues here in the church. We, we, we hear stories within, within the church, churches splitting apart because of the color of, of the carpet, right? That's why we have concrete. Everybody likes some concrete. We didn't put a color on it. So if you just spill coffee if you need some mocha. Whatever. It's concrete. It's flawed and cracked and broken. and be, Well, because that's just kind of like us, isn't it? Any, anybody flawed and broken and fractured and just... Anybody just a little crazy? Any crazy people in the house? Yeah. Churches split over crazy things like They split over whether you have chairs or pews. Personally, I don't like sitting in pew, you know? I mean, it's, it stinks, and it's, I want a chair, right? We, we, we come to places like this, and, and, and we, 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 we become divisive, and, and, and churches split over the style of music. Splits over the way that the pastor preached. Churches even split over the version of the Bible that the pastor preaches from. We, we split and we, we, we bail out over so many crazy issues, don't we? Anybody got crazy families? How many of you have a crazy family? Yeah. How many of you got crazy moms? Anybody got cra- Don't you love crazy moms? They add spice to life, right? They're just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. How many of you moms got crazy kids? Yeah, some of you, yeah. Yeah. Well, families are crazy. But listen, because we're crazy, because there are so many things, if we're not careful, we can let divide us. We can let cause us to just, I'm done with you, and write people off. This is just a problem we're experiencing today, though. This is a problem that, that has been a part of modern Western Christianity for, for a long time. Now, now, now for, for several hundred years in early Christianity, the church did exist as one cohesive church, moving, moving forward together and bringing in and advancing the gospel of Jesus. But there were a few things early on that began to cause some splits, some people to bail out. In fact, in the 11th century, we saw this first great split, this first great divide happen where Roman Catholicism and uh, between Roman Catholicism and Eastern Orthodoxy, they, they split into two different directions as a result of some, some theological differences. Then in the 16th century, uh, of course, it brought with it something known as the, the Protestant Reformation, in which no fewer than then, then, then four different branches from two, now four split from, those, from, from mainline Roman Catholicism. 
Now, of, of course, there were several issues that were happening, yes, in the Catholic Church at that time that, that needed to be addressed. But some very well-intentioned people, they, they, they began trying to, to overcome these differences, overcome these, these serious wrongs that they saw. But, but an unintended consequence of that Protestant Reformation is that, that today we, we have like 38,000 different denominations we, we we've just continued to split and people just say hey i've got a better way or i'm gonna bail out and we've just continued to to fracture and split and we split over things that 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 range any, anywhere from from theologically vital to to what i just believe are just petty petty issues seriously carpet color length of service Style of music. Um, just silly, silly things. And I think that I think there's a God in heaven that's just going, what is going on? So today, although God has has told us, and we know that that his desire is that the church be be one body, although he has called us the, the bride of Christ, we, we live in this fractured faith. We live in a fractured Christianity that, that continues to, to divide over things that they're, they're really not central to, to the message of, of what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. These, these seeds of denominational division were, were planted, yes, during that, that Reformation, but they have been growing ever since. And as a result, some of those unintended consequences have caused us to move in this direction of disunity and fracturedness. We've not been willing to stay and, 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 and work through things. In fact, 10 years of this church, we've seen so many people come and go, and, and, and some over just some, some things that they're really not, that we could just work it out and be committed to it, but we bail out. I wonder what Jesus says about all of this. I wonder what Jesus would say about the church and what he would say about unity. You ever wonder that? Well, he said it. It's in something called the Bible. Any fans? And so I love what Jesus has to say because, you know, in the end, if we as as the church are unified, here's the deal. We are more effective in, in, in accomplishing those things that God has commissioned us to do. Listen, there's a high calling on this house called, called 1910. and We have a great calling that God has placed before us. But here's the deal. We're not going to be able to fulfill the great commission and the great all by ourselves here at 1910. That's why we have so many other great churches across our city and literally around the world that are all carrying out the same calling and vision that, that, that Jesus has for us. Does that make sense to you? When we work together, we're able to accomplish more as the church all around the world, but also here at 1910 in this house. In fact, in John chapter 17, we find Jesus saying prayers for, for different groups of, of people. And after he's finished praying for these different groups, he, he, he finishes by praying for his disciples, and then he kind of shifts gears a little bit, and he begins to pray for everyone else. And he, 
says these words beginning in verse 20. He says, I'm praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. And I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. Listen, there is something supernatural that comes as a result of us being unified in the presence of Jesus. And the result of that is that the world, Jesus says, will begin to believe that Jesus was the Son of God sent from the Father above, then they are one. Unified. You know, a lot of times when we talk about that word unity, we, we, we can tend to have this idea that, that unity is on one side of a spectrum and, and this word truth is, is maybe on the other side of the spectrum. And there's this pendulum that's in between that swings between the two. And so when we say that, hey, we're going we're, we're gonna to swing that pendulum towards the side of, uh, of unity... We, we want to be people who, who pursue unity and, and desire it. But in doing so, we're, we're going to have to compromise a little bit about what we believe in order to be the truth. Don't we see that happening in our culture? We want unity, but we're going to compromise the truth and what's right. We will. Have you seen that played out recently? Do we not live in a culture that tries to taint what's right? In order to make everyone feel apart. I'm telling you, there are things that are right and truth, and there are things that are not. Don't make me get on issues of our culture and stores and people that are telling us what's right. People, you want to know the truth? It's right here. And our truth doesn't come from any human being. Or any retailer that says, oh, for the sake of unity, we're going to just, come on. Right is always right. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was kind of off script. But that's good stuff right there. And don't we do that, though? For the sake of unity, we, we kind of compromise on things that are truth. Or we can say that we're going to be people of truth and we're going to swing that pendulum over here and we're going to just forget and leave everybody else behind in, in the dust, right? Yeah, this is truth. And listen, you either get on that train or we'll just forget you and we're going to write you off. That's not the right way to go either. They are to me, they're one. This two, unity and truth being separated and compromising one for the other, that's not reality. Truth and unity are not two sides of a spectrum. Because we know what Jesus says in John chapter 14, verse 6. Listen to what Jesus says. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. And so when I look what he says there in John chapter 14, and then I, when I remember what he said at just the, the verses before in John 17 that we looked at, he, we see him praying that the church would be unified. And if Jesus is the truth, he cannot pray something that is contrary to his very existence. If Jesus is also the truth, he's also able to pray that the church would be unified, then truth and unity go hand in hand. 
But so many of us, we kind of have the Jack Nicholson syndrome. We can't handle the truth, can we? And so we compromise. Now listen, this is, this is the reason you came for this next statement today. And this is the photo op for you to take a picture that some of you do, like paparazzi sometimes when we're preaching. The moment we put anything other than Jesus at the center of our lives, it immediately becomes an idol and we are divided from the church. There are things even within the church that we place at higher value than Jesus. You know that? Did you know that if we're not careful, even within settings like this in the church or in Christianity, we can begin to elevate men over Jesus. We can elevate music over Jesus. We, we, we can elevate the, 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 the building over Jesus that we meet in, right? We can. Anything that we place above Jesus can become an idol in our lives. You know what our truth today is that Jesus came and he died. That's the truth. And we can be unified in that truth. And church, I'm just telling you, the more that we will continue to lift up Jesus, the more that we will continue to embody Jesus, the more that we will move into greater amounts of unity. Unity and truth are not two opposite ends of the spectrum. They are going after the same thing, the person of Jesus. So what does it mean to live in truth with one another? That's the challenge today. Well, it means this. It means to live in relationship with one another through the power of Christ in us. To live through the power of Christ in us. You know that what we do here on a weekly basis is important, right? This is a part of God's plan and desire for every one of us as believers in Christ. This is not all. I think that we should continue to meet, as it says in Scripture, with each other throughout the week as well in smaller settings. And you can meet with God even one-on-one. I, I agree with all that. But let's not negate the fact that what we're doing here today is so important. In fact, Scripture gives clear evidence to that. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But let us gather all the more as we see the day approaching. You know, this is important. It's important. And here's the reality of this biblical call for us to gather with other believers. Listen, there are many options for you when it comes to church. There are. There are and we, know, we, we, we know that 1910 is not for everybody. We, we, but we also know that there's not a one-size-fits-all type of church. We, we get that. We, 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 we know that. And we declare that time and time again. In fact, we, sometimes we try to talk people out of coming here because we just know it's not a great fit. We encourage people to go check it out and go find a church home and, and find a place where, here's the deal, where you can connect, 
where you can serve, where you can grow, where you can pray with others, where you can give to support a vision of a house, a calling of God. We want everyone to find that spiritual home. Listen, I'm not telling you what type of church to look for. I'm not telling you what denomination to look for. I'm not telling you what stuff. Listen, you just need to find the church that's the right fit for you. And so here's what I am challenging you to do, though. Find one and then do this. Gather with other believers regularly to worship and hear the scriptures. Live in truth. Now listen, it can be messy when we begin to step into other people's lives. Church can be messy. You know why? Because it's made up of humans. And some of you have already declared, I'm a little crazy. I declare I am. I'm special. I get it. No one's perfect. And there's not one church that's going to be perfect. It's going to be flawed and it's going to have some weaknesses. There are going to be some things that maybe you don't necessarily like. Or if you were in charge, you would do it differently. Come on up. (laughs) But it's going to require effort and intentionality and grace from one another. Grace from God as we do life together, even as believers. The thing about gathering in places like this is this kind of a refining process. The more we gather, the more we're able to encourage one another and pray with one another and sing together and, and share our needs. I, I just prayed with a lady today who's, whose daughter has ovarian cancer. She's like, Pastor, we're praying for a miracle. I said, I think I can pray for that. And it's good. And she just began to weep. It's good. You see, some of you are out there trying to face life and things like cancer on your own. Some of you are out there today and you're trying to face relationship issues on your own. And you've got all the self-help books that Barnes & Noble sell. And it's just not working. So some people last night hung out in environments just looking for love in all the wrong place. They're looking and they just... Listen, when we gather together, we pray and encourage and support one another. We push each other forward, as Scripture says, as the day of our Lord's return approaches. Don't miss this. We're going to live in truth with one another. And that truth is Jesus. Hey, listen, the day that this house stops elevating Jesus and stops making Jesus the primary thing, listen, I don't want you to leave. I want you to tell me to leave. Because I will have let him down. Hey, can I just read something? Chach, you've been playing a long time, and I know that we're one minute over. Can I just, I wanted to share this with you. There's, there's something on my dry erase board that sits above my desk, and at the top of it is this phrase. It's just a reminder to me. It says this, stay true to the Lord. Stay true to the Lord. Because you know what? If I'm not careful, I will begin to do things to cater to people's needs. And what they want. And I have to remind myself, stay true to the Lord. And then I have this verse underneath it. Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. This house is always going to elevate Jesus. And we're going to keep him center and focus. 
We know that this belongs to him. It doesn't belong to any other man, woman, or any other human being. It is his house. And let's keep it about him. Can we do that? Let's keep it about Jesus. I'm going to ask you to stand with me today. Will you stand? And I want to ask our prayer ministry team to come because that's one of the most special times of our service is about to happen right now as our prayer ministry team make themselves available to pray with you and encourage you. We do this at the end of every service. And so today, here's the deal. I'm going to pray and dismiss us. And if there's something you're carrying around, maybe it's a a health issue. Maybe it's a relationship issue. Maybe you've got some family strife at home and you would just love someone to encourage you. Guys, listen, that's what this moment is for. And these people are here today to pray with and encourage you. And it's good. There might be someone here today like the young lady in the first service that said yes to Jesus for the first time as Lord and Savior. And today... You need to come and understand that Jesus is the way. He's the way. So I'm going to pray us out. And if we can encourage you or support you with anything you're dealing with today, that's why my friends are down front this morning. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, God, for your spirit. God, I'm so thankful that you haven't given up on us, Lord. You know that we're flawed and we're broken even here in this house. But yet, God, you stay with us and you love us and you still have a high calling on us. God, I pray that we'd continue to elevate you above all things. That Jesus would be first and a priority in this house. That Jesus would be the one that casts the vision. That Jesus would be the one that we sing about. That Jesus would be the one that that we surrender our lives to and try to emulate our lives after. It would be all about Jesus. It's not about our preferences. It's not about what we sing or don't sing or the topic of the day. No, it's always going to be about Jesus. And Father, when our feelings do get hurt or whenever we do begin to maybe think we've got a better way or whatever, no, we're going to remember Jesus. We're going to remember the grace and the forgiveness that he offers. We're going to remember his humility. And we're going to love one another. And we're going to accept this challenge to live in truth with one another. So, Father, I pray today that as we leave for the hurting in this house, For the people that are dazed and confused, I pray that they'd come forward and understand that you want to speak to them through one of our prayer team this morning. You've got a word of encouragement and an answer to their question. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You're dismissed.